0: Welcome to Walking with God, Pat Berry and Jeff Quinto's podcast, where Pat and Jeff talk about their walk with Christ.
1: My name is Jeff Quinto. And I'm Pat Berry. Jeff and I get together on occasion. We talk about our daily walk with Jesus Christ, and we are very glad that you are here today. We're going to be talking about prosperity theology. I'm sure you've probably heard about that, but you might be wondering exactly what it is. So let me set this up for us. Prosperity theology is a religious belief among some Christians who hold that financial blessings and physical well-being are always the will of God for them, and that faith, positive speech, and donations to religious causes will increase one's material wealth.
0: Yeah. Now, in the prosperity gospel, the believer uses God for the believer's purposes. In the true gospel, God uses the believer for God's purposes. Could we say prosperity theology teaches putting yourself and material things first? I would say so. I would say so, too. Now, one of my first experiences with the prosperity gospel was a link that a pastor in india sent me of another pastor in india this pastor was speaking in front of a mega church he was speaking in english and it was being translated to some other language so i could hear what the pastor was saying because he was saying it in english but as i said a moment ago it was a huge church and he's talking about jesus and he's saying jesus this and jesus that and i'm getting really worked up because he was very compelling and i had to stop myself at, at some point early on to realize that, wait a minute, Jesus didn't say those things, but yet the audience was was mesmerized by what this guy was saying. And what he was saying was an exact example of this prosperity gospel. You see, in India, the way it works is, the very poor people are told that if they donate to the church, if they give more money to the church, if they give sacrificially, they will have material wealth, they will have health that they might not have had otherwise, all because they donate to the church. Now this is a pretty good gig for a church in India, isn't right, it?
1: Right, right. Not such a good thing for the people who are contributing. No, not such a good thing for the people who are contributing, and certainly not an example of the gospel at work in our world. Absolutely not. And even in the United States, and I know there are a lot of people who are, are following this currently, who have followed it uh, in in the past, that, that are thinking that faith and their belief in God means all sorts of riches here on earth and that is just that is just not the case it's not and you know it's a compelling message though because people need
0: help they need salvation and they think that money's the answer to anything that happens to them i was visiting a church during their stewardship campaign and they a guy came up to the front and he was a car dealer of some sort and he was talking about how since he found the lord he'd sold so many cars it was unbelievable and he was going to give more to the church because he wanted to sell more cars and that was his message his message was if you give to the lord the lord will give back that's the that's the what he was what he was saying and it was viewed by the people listening as something that they would want something that they would desire but we know that that's not the gospel
1: well, we do. And I think you need to go to the gospel. This is a great example of why you need to be in scripture daily. Let's take a look at what what the gospel says about this kind of thing. Let's go to Matthew 6:19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart is also that kind of gets to the crux of it because where where is your treasure where is our treasure going to be our treasure is supposed to be in heaven not here on earth not that we're we're not supposed to be concerned with how we're living on earth but our treasures are not earthly treasures that's the thing about the scriptures they're not talking about earthly treasures here we're talking about heavenly treasures now i understand i understand how this can be very seductive i understand how people can get can get pulled into it because it's it's a message that well even you you said yourself you get excited about this guy's talking about jesus and wow all i have to do is believe and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be wealthy i'm gonna have great health everything my life is gonna be great and folks maybe it will you know what, hey, maybe it will, but chances are that that is not what the scriptures were talking about. In fact, in, in Old Testament, Ezekiel, this is a good one. They will throw their silver into the streets and their gold will be treated as a thing unclean. The silver and gold will not be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. It will not satisfy their hunger or fill their stomachs for it has caused them to stumble into sin. Yeah,
0: and that's what I think. I don't think God is against wealth. He certainly is not. No. but He's against that which takes us away from him, that that changes our focus from
1: God-centered to earth-centered. That is the key, right there. Everything, wealth, material things aren't bad in and of themselves, but they have to be kept in their proper place. It's, it's sort of like, first things first when you come to Jesus Christ what is the thing that he wants more than anything else more than anything else it's the reason he came down and died he wants us he wants to know us first he doesn't care how rich you are how poor you are he doesn't care what you've done in your life good bad or indifferent he wants to know us first that is the key you keep seeking God first Keep seeking his wisdom first all these other things come in as a good father does he gives us the things that we need will they be material things sometimes they will be will be will be wealthy I have no idea most people can't handle a tremendous amount of wealth that's the you know that is the truth of it because absolute power corrupts absolutely I was having a conversation several years ago with a client I remember her saying if you want to know the character of a man, take everything away from him. And I said, no, give him everything in the world. To me, you give someone everything in the world and all of a sudden, what does that do? Well, I don't need God. I don't need God. If I have if I have a mansion on a beach, a bunch of sports cars, you know, a collection of whatever, you, chances are you don't need God and that is not what he wants for us. It's not that he doesn't want us to have those things, but he knows ultimately that's not going to be good for us because we're on this earth for a very limited amount of time and what he's concerned about is eternity.
0: Yeah, and that's the important thing. That's the thing we need to always remember as we learn from Philippians 3:20, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So our citizenship isn't even here, we're wayfarers through this, but it's all we know. And because it's all we know, all of our efforts are centered on what happens here, when in fact they be they should be centered on our love of the Lord and an eternal centering, a centering looking toward the future, looking toward an eternal future. Absolutely. And that is an, the important thing, I think the single important thing. and that, whether we are rich on this earth or poor on this earth, it matters not to God. What matters is is that our hearts are focused on Him. And some of us can do a, a good job of focusing on Him being wealthy, and others do a better job being poor. For me, when I have everything, I become my own God. I don't need God when I have everything.
1: That's human nature.
0: Yeah. And so when things are going well and I'm doing well financially— It used to be, to be honest, that I was look away from God and forget that God was at the center of things. And it's only recently that I've gotten to the point where I realize that God has to be to the center of things, whether things are going well or things are going poorly, whether my health is good or my health
1: is bad. All that I do needs to center on God first and everything else will follow. Absolutely. You know, the Bible does mention, I want to kind of circle back here if we could, because the Bible does mention treasure. It does. Mm-hmm. There, are, there, are, there are treasures that are mentioned. So let me, what, do you, what do you think Scripture is saying when, when, they're, when they mention treasure? Well, they're
0: not talking about earthly treasure. They're talking about eternal treasure. They're talking about the treasure in heaven. The treasure also of being here and being at peace in the world. Being at peace because we are led, guided, and centered on Christ. So how do we get
1: that treasure?
0: That's a great question. And here's, I think, the answer centers around the idea that first we have to define what treasure is. What are we looking for? If all we're looking for is money, as they used to say, you might as well work at the mint, you'd be around lots and lots of money. If all you're looking for is wealth, then I guess you would do things to accumulate wealth. But if you're looking for something more than that, something fuller, something more complete, a more complete humanity where you fit in the world, not just for your own self, but for the the good of the world, focused on God, then you have to have a whole different set of things you intend to do, a whole different set of ideas that you're focused upon.
1: Absolutely. You have to truly seek. You really have to seek after to me that's the key to to really wanting to find out what what the deal is with this to really want to seek god's face to seek his his guidance that is the key because there are principles that you can live your life by that will make you wealthy especially we're in the united states i mean i mean let's let's just be honest in in the country that we live in if you Put in a bunch of hours and you work hard you're probably going to do very well yeah Uh, whether you're a believer or not you're probably going to do very well you just can't let it rule your life so how do you how do you get that my thing is prayer study the scripture ask God to show you like legitimately seriously folks ask him ask him to show you he will it may take a while It may take a while. You may have to be persistent, but he will show you. Yeah, he'll show you. And the the thing that I think you need to do is you need to surrender.
0: You need to surrender to him and put God as the center of your world. You know, there's this beautiful story in uh, Mark 10, good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have, and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Disheartened by the saying, He went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. You know the thing here, I think, we get we get wrong when we first look at this. We think, well, Jesus is get against having possessions, which I don't believe he is at all. I believe what he's saying to this man is, These possessions are controlling your life. You need to set them aside. You need to set them aside and come and follow me. But the guy wasn't willing to do that. He wasn't willing to do that because he said he had great possessions. So because he had a lot, he didn't want to give it up. Well, Jesus is saying, I'm asking you to give up everything for me. It doesn't mean you have to be poor. It means that you have to place Jesus first. You have to give up everything in your life, surrendering to Jesus and life will be different life will be good you will have peace that goes beyond understanding but you'll do it because your life
1: is centered on Jesus and that's the most important thing absolutely it may not seem like it like it now but even if you look at people that seemingly have everything how many of them are are truly happy how many of them have you have you heard about that when they say, well, money, fame doesn't buy you happiness. You and I have talked before about uh, Dan Peake, singer from from the group uh, America, who was a Christian, started the group, said a prayer, said, God, if you, if you give us fame, I will use this to spread your word. And as he said, God kept his promise, I didn't keep mine. And America had hit after hit after hit. They had gold albums, platinum albums, sold out concerts. These guys were in their early 20s. And, and uh, um, if you get a chance, go on and, and look at uh, his testimony sometime. He was in Malibu. He had a, a mansion in Malibu, a collection of sports cars, a collection of Persian rugs, of all things. And um, he's, he just said none of it made him happy. He was, he was miserable. Said the prayer, look, Lord, I don't need this. All I need is you. And within two weeks, he was out of the group of America. His house burned, losing everything, but he was still married and he went back to where his wife grew up in Missouri and uh, essentially changed his life and finished out uh, the rest of his career playing playing Christian music, but having a, a completely different life than he had before in the sense that that his fame and fortune was gone, but God still made a path to, for him to do what he was meant to do, which he was meant to play music and spread the word of God, which is the other thing too, because we have this, this is what we have. This is what, this is our world. This is what we know. And sometimes it's, it can be kind of scary to thinking, well, if I take that step, I may have to give, give some of this stuff up, but God's going to make a way. He's going to make a way for you to do things that, that are are going to be incredibly satisfying for you, but you have to trust him.
0: You have to trust him and we have to realize, we go back to this Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. We are wayfarers here. We're wayfarers here preparing for an eternal life. And our time here is so limited that our time here is not just to accumulate wealth. Our time here instead is to make the world a better place, to make a mark for the Lord for this limited time that we have here. And maybe our mark for the Lord is some small things that we do. Maybe it's bigger things. Who knows? But the point is, by being focused on the Lord, we're focused on the right thing. And whether we have wealth or we don't have wealth, whatever we have, we will be satisfied and we'll be honoring the Lord by everything that we do, and that's what we need to do. It starts with this idea of surrender. We surrender the world. We surrender the world to you, Lord, and we wanna do what you would have us do. We wanna be pointed in your
1: direction, not in the direction that we've invented for ourselves. Something we haven't talked about that's very obvious is that all our material possessions, they're all God's anyway. We're just merely stewards of the earth and everything in it so all of our material wealth our homes our property everything in it everything that we own it's all god's we are stewards of his property we only have it because he allows us to have it that's another way we can take a look at this prosperity gospel well it's not really mine anyway so i shouldn't put myself first because it is god's it all goes back to him anyway yeah, that's
0: an amazing thing. An important thing to consider, that all this wealth that we're looking to accumulate, it really isn't ours in the first place. It belonged to God. It will belong to God after we're gone. It belonged to God before we were here. It's all God's everywhere.
1: Right. And it doesn't matter how much we save up, because, you know, you can't take it with you, can you? Yeah, that's the truth. You
0: can, no matter how well you do or how poorly. Pat and I have enjoyed talking about this today. And what really got us started was a quote from C.S. Lewis, and it, had, it goes like this, Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. And that's our belief. Our belief is that Christianity is true, therefore, it is infinitely important. And we've given our lives for this. We are, we are all in, and we want you to be all in. Will so you join me in prayer? Lord... Will you watch over us as we live in this world amongst these people who are our brothers and sisters? May we be a reflection of you in everything we do. May we be focused on you and not on worldly wealth. May we be focused on you and your kingdom and bringing your kingdom in a small way forward. Lord, will you help us to do that? Will you guide us, lead us, and protect us as we surrender to you in Jesus' holy and mighty, mighty name, amen. Amen.